friends to Christ the King, a place of dread and suffering. Forged in terror and filled with fears, hopeless daydreams and desperate nightmares. and salacious tale you're about to hear was found in a dusty crypt down at Granite Phoenix's Wakefield room. Among other strange books and antique menstrual underpants remains a collection of unusual and disputed records from Christ the King's bygone days. Together, as we journey back to the year 1859, we will examine the controversial diagnosis of Mary Jane Easton. A notorious case considered to be the first known instance of dissociative identity disorder, previously referred to as too much personalities. It is the story of a woman's love, a man's will, and a doctor's prognosis. Let us begin on the estate of Mr. and Mrs. Thomas Easton on a dark and stormy night. I'm wet to the board. Let me through, Douglas. I have an appointment with your master. Come in, Dr. Bishop. Mr. Easton expected you an hour ago. Well, I wasn't expecting this rain. My lily-livered horses practically refused to mount your hill. I say, if it doesn't let up, I could be stranded here till the morrow. The prospect of spending a night in the Easton Manor lingered like the bitter notes in my father's abandonment. Just this way, Doctor. Mr. Easton reposes in the East Father. Although four years had elapsed since Dr. Bishop's last visit to Easton Manor, he couldn't help but feel that there was something different about the house. The hallways narrower, the walls taller, the candles dimmer. Dr. Bishop, sir. Doctor! Delighted the deluge didn't dissuade you from dropping by. Please, warm up by the fire. My wife will be down presently. Thank you. Quite the tantrum heaven's throwing tonight. As if God weren't dead. Ha! But let's not dally. I intend to be drunk by Mitternacht. Now, concerning your wife. Yes, it's urgent I have your diagnosis. I fear her mind is lost. But if there's a chance, we must move quickly. Describe to me her symptoms. Well, Doctor, it's a delicate matter, so I trust this will stay between us. My wife... she... (laughs) I shouldn't laugh, but... she thinks the house is haunted. Haunted? By... a ghost? Multiple. A host of ghosts. 
Just yesterday I heard her talking to someone, but when I opened the door, no one was there. Just her, speaking in these horrible voices. Men, women, children. I can't help but be reminded of my first wife, how she acted before she... Swayed up and down the aisle, bearing her breasts before the congregation. That was only the beginning. Before her mind wasted away in Wood's End, she'd speak in the same foul voices. How did your late wife sleep? On her back. On her side. Which side? The left. And your current wife? Also the left. Why, yes, every night. Then mm. never mind. You wanted me, Thomas? Oh. Hello, Doctor. Come in, darling. Dr. Bishop caught caught in a storm and needed a place to dry off. Isn't that right, Doctor? Let's rinse off the hogwash. I'm here on official business. Now, Mrs. Easton, won't you join me by the fire? Your husband was just stepping out to fetch me a triple brandy. Yes, quite right. Excuse me, darling. Doctor? I know why you're here. To lock me up. Is that what you think? You need to be locked up. That's what my husband says. What do you say? I'm not mad, Doctor. Then why pretend to see ghosts, my dear? Why on earth would I pretend to see ghosts? Keine Ahnung. The ghosts are real. And just how many ghosts have you seen? Well, only one, though I've heard many more. They talk to me through the walls, and I, I know it sounds absurd, but they're real. As real as the earth is flat. Settle down, Liebling. When did all of this start? After I moved into this house. Her house. You mean... The former Mrs. Easton. A doctor. Thomas would be so angry. He hates talk of her, but the ghost... The only one I've ever actually seen is her. The former Mrs. Easton. Lovely, a vision of beauty and pain. The former Mrs. Easton. Most interesting. And the other ghosts, who are they? I don't know. I haven't seen them. Have they not Christian names? Well, of course. Miss Rose, Ruthie, Joan Crawford. And they're nice to you. Oh, very nice. Well, most of the time. Oh, Joan can be terribly mean. In what ways? She breaks the china, comments on my weight, beats me with wicker hangers, and then some of the others, they say horrible things will happen if I don't leave. They don't want you here. Not leave the house. Leave Thomas. Dr. Bishop continued the interview, but his mind was made up. The lady was laughing quackers. He jotted down a few notes, swallowed a handful of pills, and left to deliver his verdict. Well, Doctor, how bad is it? It's bad, my boy. She has a disease of the mind. A deadly fixation on Godhift. Your late wife, 
candles. What in the devil? Hold on, I, I've got a match. The house is very drafty. You mentioned my late wife. I suggest that these ghosts are merely figments, parts of your wife's personality. One to manage her rage, another her childish whims, yet another containing her rich sexual fantasy world, begging to rip or come apart at the seams. Each ghost manifests a different need, fear or desire. Moving into this home, aware of your late wife's fate, caused her weak mind to birth a new persona, the former Mrs. Easton. You mean she's living out? No, doomed herself to meet the same end as my last wife? She needs help. But first, she has to get away from this home. It seems to be the trigger of her disturbance. A change of place is not a change of mind. Get her out of here and around new people. Pray she forgets. She comes from good money. I know of several excellent doctors in Liverpool. Out of the question. Christ the King is my home. Her home. Anywhere else would certainly crush what little sanity she's got left. Not to mention my own. We'll worry about your sanity later. I'll fill out the paperwork and visit the director of Wood's End. The orderlies will pick her up tomorrow. Not again. How much misfortune can one man bear? Douglas, what is it? It's Dr. Bishop's horses, sir. Someone's let them loose. What? Mrs. Easton. Could she have overheard us? She must have. Get me up my jacket, quickly! Doctor, you can't go out in this downpour. Someone's got to round up my horses! Two stablemates are already out looking, Doctor. Looking for what? Darling, go upstairs. We've important business. What sort of important business? The kind where you write a few big silly words then sign me into a stone cell with thieves, adulterers, and librarians? You're not well done. Go upstairs. I'm not a bad woman. Now get me another doctor. The doctor's heart sank. His face drained of color. And his mouth fell agape. And it wasn't just the pills kicking in. All felt the presence of another person in the room. Oh my god. Dr. Bishop? Do you remember me? You hear that? She's real, it's Ruthie. Mr. Easton, I can't be of further service. You don't need a doctor. You need a priest. Yes. Yes. Mrs. Easton. Forgive me. I was wrong. Horribly wrong. I'm getting the hell out of here. I suggest we all do. Yes. Um. Yes. We'll take my carriage. Just let me pack my bags. Darling, you do the same. And for the love of Christ the King, hurry! Old Doc Bishop sat uneasy while he waited for the couple to return. He lit a pipe to calm himself but couldn't shake the sudden deluge of doubts. Who was Ruthie? How'd she know him? And the most burning question of all, did he really have the clap, or should he get a second opinion?
indeed, Dr. Bishop. Who? Me? Oh, yes, yes, Dante. I hope you've found lodgings for the night. I plan to stay, sir. Why, in Himmel's name? I've lived here for 36 years, seen just about every whore imaginable. A few ghosts don't frighten me none. 36 years? Then you were hired by the Claytons. When Miss Clayton... Pardon. The first Mrs. Easton passed, Mr. Easton inherited me with the rest of the estate. And never before have you noticed anything ghostly. Not until tonight, sir. Though I did notice some strange happenings around the time the new Mrs. Easton moved in. Noises, furniture tussled and tossled, crude erotica in the bathroom mirror. I told Mr. Easton, but he insisted they were merely his wife's titillations. Wives certainly make a more logical scapegoat than demons. Forgive me, Doctor, but they're not demons. In life, these poor souls are wronged, and in death they're trapped. Doomed to wander till the wrong has been righted. Scary and confusing, yes, sir, but demonic. That word is just a further injustice to their plaintive existence. You know a lot about these things, Douglas. I can read, Doctor. I've read a good many ghost stories, and they all say the same thing. Once past trauma is settled, the ghost is free to cross over. What did you say? I said, once the trauma's been reconciled, they'll move on. Go up to heaven. Mein Gott. We don't need a priest. We need a psychologist. A psycho what? Me. Once the butler had left to fetch the Eastons, Dr. Bishop rose to his feet and spoke gently into the tick-cold air. Ruthie, you hear me? I just want to talk, just a nice little chat. The doctor sensed a chilling presence. Have we met before, Ruthie? Perhaps my office? Church? You're not one of Madame Louise's girls. The doctor moved to note Ruthie's unwillingness to speak when he heard a voice, a new voice, one stronger, older, more bitter. Leave Ruthie alone. Who is this? Master Rose. Rose? Why won't Ruthie speak with me, Miss Rose? She does not want to. None of us do, Miss the Inch You imply that we have also met before. On this very room. Ruthie. Was she there too? No. And Ruby hates you. But I am a virtuous man. A man of medicine. I hate your white coat. Your black heart. Your yellow coke nail. Leave. We don't want you here. Is Ruthie with you? Miss Rose, don't go. Miss Rose. You, um, wanted us, Doctor? 
Ah, Mr. Easton, Mrs. Easton, come in. I've just had a most fascinating conversation. Mr. Easton, have you ever known anyone by that name of Miss Rose? Not to my recollection. Such mystery. She claims to have been in this house, and even stranger, to have met me. Miss Rose, are you there? Enough. This is a waste of time, Doctor. Why don't we leave? Former Mrs. Easton. Poor shit. I'd know her voice. But it is. It, it... Damn it, it's someone else. Horrid, wretched spirit, I come in peace. Tell us your name. Oh, stop, you break my arm. No one's touching your arm. We can't even see you. Mary Jane, I know it's you. I, I beg of you. Show yourself. Can't be. Mary Jane. Bless you, Mary Jane. No. It's me. Miss Rose. But you're... Mary Jane Easton. No. I'm Miss Rose. It was awkward. Plain as Patricia, that specter was the late Mrs. Easton. And yet, something about her just weren't right. Perhaps... You're a relation of the former Mrs. Easton. She had no relatives. This apparition is nothing more than a devil in disguise. Now let's go! You scoundrel! You dare show your face! The transparent woman before them changed characters, like Olivier in a one-man Macbeth. God'll spit on you, tie you down, drag you to the by and by. And again. White clothes. And again. I thought I told you to leave, you Calvinist hoodlum. That was an antique! 16th century! She's gone! But where? Enthralled, engrossed, engorged. The doctor jotted down a shorthand summation of the encounter, followed by a more detailed rambling concerning his own mortality. We have two possibilities before us. The first, the ghost is malicious, performing an elaborate charade to drive the current Mrs. Easton mad. Impossible. Or the second and far graver. The former Mrs. Easton is malevolent, but much more ill than we thought. With problems of the mind we've seen nor heard. What are you proposing? If I can discover her trauma, then reveal it to her, she will cross over into the Great Nichtigkeit. What can you yourself reveal to her about herself, which she herself does not already know about herself? Herself. Douglas, get in here. Mr. Easton, your late wife's trauma must have been so heinous that she made herself forget. But I don't believe the memory to be lost. If she is to cross over, she must remember. Sounds like hocus pocus to me. 
You rang, sir. You started this business, now help me end it. Is there no other way to rid us of these ghosts? Well, you could salt and burn her bones, but mind, I don't think it right. See? Enough. Fetch my jacket and hat. You'll damn her soul. She'll never be able to cross... I did not ask for your opinion. I asked for my coat. And hat. Yes, sir. Thomas, surely you wouldn't. I quite agree. Unless we relieve the former Mrs. Easton's mind, she'll be tormented for all eternity. In perdition. Well, you couldn't do that to your Mary Jane. Could you? By God, who are you to pass judgment? You have until I dig up her bones to try out your experiment. The clock starts now. Dummkopf! A woman's soul is at stake! Doctor, what can we do? We must somehow discover the truth. The truth which even the former Mrs. Easton does not know. Mrs. Easton, show me your boudoir. Oh, Doctor, there's a time and a place. Mrs. Easton, please. I need clues. Hints, sense. The former Mrs. Easton left behind to shed light on her situation. Oh, well, in that case, follow me. Pardon my intrusion, but it may interest you to know that the current Mrs. Easton does not occupy the same chamber as the former. You mean different bedrooms? On opposite sides of the manor. We comish. While a ragtag threesome journeyed to the former Mrs. Easton's bedroom, Mr. Easton had already begun excavating her grave. The two parties engaged in a race against time, with Mary Jane's soul dangling in the balance. This is it. Miss Mary Jane's bedchambers. I don't suppose anyone's been in here for years. Mary Jane, we're here. What can you show us? Mary Jane? I guess we're on our own then. Douglas, notice you anything different about this room? Sorry, sir. Can't say I do. Look through the cabinets and drawers for anything you wouldn't expect in a young wife's private quarters. They went to work, sit and throw letters, old clothes, and old panties. Douglas rummaged through chess. Mrs. Easton evaluated the female nudes in Mary Jane's sketchbook. Dr. Bishop made a startling discovery. <gasps> God in Himmel. Look. The door handle locks from the outside. And on the inside, scratches and chips. Someone tried to pick this lock repeatedly. But why? God only knows. It may be nothing, but I did see something on her bedside table. A bottle of, well, something jolly, I suppose. Show me. Why, it's medication. It don't say. But what kind? It's butolbitol. A barbiturate. And a very strong one, that's that. How do you know? Because Mrs. Easton 
I prescribed it. It's not what you think. I prescribed it to Mr. Easton for his opium addiction. What does it do? A psychotropic analgesic, a painkiller. It has been known to have hallucinatory effects, but how could I have known? He'd use it to drive his own wife Daffy? It could not have been just the drug. It wouldn't be enough to induce madness. There's got to be more to it. Don't blind yourself to the facts. I am not at fault. I'm a good man. A man of medicine. Your medicine drove her to... They may have played a part, but there was more. Cool your knickers. I think I may know something. Then say so. For the former Miss E went to Woodsen. She was bedridden. Too poggled to leave her room, she was. No one could see her, except for Mr. Easton. Made sense at the time, but... The lock, the pills... She wasn't an invalid... She was a prisoner. Una donna de demuda. Eine inhaftierte Frau. Mr. Easton's back from the grave. Mr. Easton stormed and sighed with the devil in his eyes and a bundle of bones in his arms. Bones which would not burn in the rain, but with a lick of luck, might fire Get out, all of you. This is between me and my late wife. Listen to your rebound wife, man. Put down the bones. Never. We know what you did to her, what you mean to do to me. Like anyone can believe you, you're insane. You're insane. No, you're insane. We are all insane. But you, Mr. Easton, are an asslock. Would an asslock do this? Thomas, no! Ashes to ashes, sluts to sluts. Done good now. Mommy said to always play nice. Play nice, play nice. Spineless cocksucker. That was one time. She's tearing the house apart. Run, she'll kill us all. You said if we burn the bones, she'd go. Salted and burned, sir. You didn't salt them. Now you've only made her stronger. Well, if you can't finish her off, I will. Mrs. Easton, she'll kill you. Come, Mary Jane, come. Mary Jane, exactly 1,636 days ago, you married Thomas Easton. He wasn't the wealthiest. The healthiest. Nor the most attractive. But he was, in his own way, glamorous. His dark hair, insatiable drinking, preference for women's undergarments. But then you saw his darker side. He asked his traps. The girls at Madame Louise's. And worst of all, you learned he never really loved you, but was plotting all along to drive you insane so that he could leave you in the dust while he ran around town wooing younger women with names like Kimmy, Marjorie, and Elspeth. That old true. Nah, I ain't got no husband. I got a wife. Timothy, hold my hand. He drugged you, locked you in your room, held you down and roped you to the frame. Spoon-fed you butalbital and donkey meat. She begged for it. Your husband abused you, and not out of love. He took you to a madhouse. Can't you remember? I remember, because Mary Jane simply cannot 
It destroy her. It would save her and you, Miss Rose, all of you. You don't know how fragile she is. How she cries every night. Oh, she's stronger than you think, Miss Rose. She's the bravest, most wonderful woman I have ever known. He's going for the door. Grab him. Thomas, you pussy-footing, piss-drinking, whiskey-dicked Scorpio. Stay back. Get away from me. You're not going anywhere. Not your mother's 14th century China. Be gone, she-devil. Die, Thomas. Die! Bless me head. He's cut to shreds. Good riddance. Forgive me, Mr. Easton. That I cannot cure. Now, dear Mary Jane, you are free to cross over. Goodbye, Doctor. And goodbye, Mrs. Easton. I'll miss you most of all. I don't know what I'll do without you keeping me up at night. Adieu, Mary Jane. I'm still here. Why am I still here? I don't know. Douglas, you said it would work. I was just relaying my own experiences. Quiet, please, everyone. I... I think I know what's going on. Then speak up, my dear deceased. Douglas was right. I should have been able to cross over, but something... happened. After killing Thomas, I felt an incredible release. As if all the darkness inside of me lifted to reveal all of this... this... Yes? I'm in this limbo because of Thomas. But the reason I can't go is because of you, Mrs. Easton. Me? You might think me mad, and maybe I am. But I feel something for you stronger than revenge. Stronger than life and death. But what could be stronger than life and death? Love. Mary Jane, not only is this woman recently widowed, she's alive. That's enough. (gasps) Put down the knife, Mrs. Easton. Excuse my absence, my doctor called. And no, when is it ever good news? Anyway, time was running out before Mrs. Easton would slit her throat for reasons horny to join her beloved Mary Jane on the other side. It's not your fault, Mrs. Easton. You did nothing to attract this unwanted attention. But Dr. Bishop, I love her too. (gasps) Over the past couple months, I've really gotten to know Mary Jane, depend on and cherish her. So she buried your schmetterling? You see, Mary Jane, they'll never understand. Not at least for another 200 years, and maybe not even then. Our life together is not for this earth, but the next. Come with me. Come with me. Come with me. Come with me. Here I come. Here I come. Here I come. Cut deep and make it quick for yourself. Auf Wiedersehen, former Mrs. Easton's. A single deep slash across the throat spilled the blood that bought these two lady lovers a new Subaru to the other side. 
Dr. Bishop authored five unpublished novels on repression, too much personalities, and lesbianism. Books sometimes considered to be the basis of Freud's theories. At age 72, Dr. Bishop lost a long battle with a butalbital addiction and was buried just outside of church grounds. As for Douglas, after a long and undersex 16 years, he married a wealthy old widow by the name of Sabatha Van Gielen. On their wedding night, Sabatha tenderly placed his body in a dark and damp undercroft alongside her last 17 husbands. But that, my friends, is another desperate nightmare. You have been listening to Desperate Nightmares from Christ the King, Missouri. Episode, The Controversial Diagnosis of Mary Jane Easton. Dramatized by Audrey Harris and featuring the Christ the King players. Alyssa Abraham as Mary Jane Easton. Jonathan Dowerman as Dr. Bishop. Dan Thayer as Thomas Easton. Justin Phillips as the butler. And Lizanne Ramar as the ghost. With additional voices by Audrey Harris and introducing B.B. DeMore as your narrator. Recorded at Christ the King Studios in Brooklyn, New York. Narration recorded by B.B. DeMore in the basement of Christ the King Second Methodist Church, Christ the King, Missouri. Edited and mastered by Jack Healy. Closing theme by Arrington DeDiniso. Opening theme by Arrington DeDiniso and Willard Fresco. With additional music by Kevin McLeod and Audionautics. Sound effects from freesound.org and the YouTube audio library. Desperate Nightmares brought to you by executive producer Willard Fresco, MIA. With co-producers Reeves Elliott and Jack Healy. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. Please rate and review on iTunes or whichever platform you use to listen to the show. And come join us on our Facebook page. Willard may or may not be dead, but you keep his nightmares alive. Alive.